Hey, what's up? And welcome to today's episode of Build Your Tribe. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about how you can get started as an expert speaker, be it speaking on stages, public speaking, keynote speeches, or even just Zoom presentations, which we all are very accustomed to in today's day and age. And before you go clicking away because you're scared of public speaking or you have stage fright, let me encourage you to just listen to today's episode and and listen with an open mind. I myself have no fear of public speaking, and I know that's not the relatable thing to say. I think the relatable thing to say would be, you know, I, I struggled with anxiety and stage fright, but to be totally honest and transparent, growing up with the mom that I did, I never really had stage fright, or if I did, I experienced it at such a young age that I no longer remember it. But with that being said, I think that there are some huge benefits to public speaking, to keynote speaking, to speaking on stages, to becoming an expert speaker, not just monetarily and getting paid for your speaking, but also powerful connections, great visibility, a great way to reach new audiences, to establish your own credibility. There are so many pros and benefits to public speaking, that I really want you to consider it. And maybe for you, that'll take going to therapy or joining something like Toastmasters to work on your public speaking, or even just, you know, starting to volunteer to have more of a vocal role in your company's meetings. I understand that for some of us, public speaking is more difficult than for others, but for all of us, it's actually been scientifically proven that after about 90 seconds of being on stage, your body significantly relaxes and calms down. Your anxiety levels and the stress hormones that are in your body significantly decrease after about a minute and a half on stage. So if you didn't know that, maybe that is a reason for you to give it another shot. Maybe that's something that can encourage you to give public speaking another go. And then before we get into the meat of this episode, I want to just, you know, be real with you for a second, be candid and say that you don't have to do public speaking. You don't have to speak on stages. You don't have to be in the public eye. You don't have to have social media. But if we're being real, it's really tough to grow a business in today's day and age without being in the public eye. It's really tough to establish a personal brand if you as a person are not able to be on social media, speak directly to camera, speak on stages, present in front of a room, speak up in meetings. If you're not able to do those things, if those skills have not been practiced and refined and developed, then it's going to be quite a challenge to grow your business in the modern day and age. Again, We're here to help you build your tribe. It's possible to do so without social media. It's possible to do so without public speaking, but it's definitely going to be harder without those things. Personally, I began my journey into public speaking in about 2017 when I first launched my business. And the way I got started is all about making connections. The way I got started was, first of all, one-on-one coaching people. So I would offer one-on-one advice. I would have those Zoom meetings that we're now so accustomed to, but I've been doing those for seven years at this point. So back in 2017, I started doing one-on-one social media coaching for business owners. And it was through those one-on-one calls that I was able to serve people, build those relationships, and then they were able to see results. They were able to implement my coaching, make the changes, and see the results in their own business. 
So not all of them, but some would then offer me the opportunity to train other people in their network marketing team to come and speak to their business or to just hold a group training for them and some of their friends. There were two avenues that I achieved this. Number one is, of course, they just asked on their own. They came up with the idea. But more often than not, it was me ending our one-on-one calls or sending them a follow-up email after our one-on-one call, essentially saying, hey, I would love to coach your entire team. Hey, I would love to do a training for your organization. Hey, I would love to be a guest speaker on your podcast. And because the person already had a relationship with me, because they already knew that I was going to provide some value, that I was going to deliver on my promises, they were more likely to invite me to teach their group or invite me to speak on their podcast or whatever it may be. And although there are a lot of similarities, I will say that there are some differences, of course, between coaching someone one-on-one and speaking to a large group. So when you start getting those opportunities, even if they're small, even if they're not necessarily paying you that much, even if they're paying you nothing, they're great opportunities to, again, extend those relationships, create more relationships, serve more people, and just educate a more broad group. Because even if you're only doing a Zoom training for 12 people and they're paying you $0, maybe one of those 12 people could have another training that they want you to give to 20 people. And then one of those 20 wants you to give a training to their business, which has 100 people in it. And they're going to pay you to do this training. Essentially, what you're doing is working for delayed gratification. We're so used to instant gratification. Pay me now for this training I'm about to do. And there's value in that. And you should know your worth. And I'm not saying to charge nothing. But if you're just getting started, let's be realistic. Some people might not be willing to pay you. Some people might be willing to trade exposure. You give them a shout out on your platform and they invite you onto their platform to share some education. You host a webinar for them, so then they host a webinar for you. There's a fair amount of, hey, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back that goes on, especially when you're first getting started in the world of public speaking. So again, it starts small with one-on-one coaching or even just with Instagram lives and YouTube videos where people can really consume educational content and learn from you or hear you speak on your own terms, something that you totally control. And then from there, they start reaching out. They start inviting you or even better, more than likely, you are reaching out to them. You are publicizing that you would like to speak on team trainings. You are putting out on your Instagram stories that you are available For corporate trainings, you start putting on your podcast and your YouTube channel that you are available for interviews and keynotes and presentations like that. And one of the beauties that came out of the pandemic is it seems like there are a dozen different virtual conferences that are being held every single weekend. And almost every conference, every speaking opportunity now has a virtual component. So in the past, you would have had to travel across the country or maybe even around the world to speak at these events. Now, Zoom is so much a part of our lives, or maybe I should say virtual meetings are so much a part of our lives that it is way more available and it's way more common practice for you to host a training from the comfort of your living room or the comfort of your home office rather than having to fly around the world. Also, the corporation, the event, the team, the group that is inviting you to speak recognizes this, and they can now spend a lot less money on 
having you come to speak. And I'm not just saying that they have to pay you less money, but from their point of view, they don't have to pay for your travel, your transportation, your hotel room, your food. They don't have to reimburse you for your Uber trip. They can just say, hey, here's the link to the Zoom. Log on about 15 minutes before for a mic check and we're good to go. And so for that reason, corporations are much more willing, likely, and excited even to look for virtual keynote speakers, virtual presenters, virtual public speakers to train their organization or their team. Hey, I just wanted to interrupt really quickly to let y'all know that the Insta Club Hub is open and available for registration. The Insta Club Hub is my mom and I's Instagram coaching membership where you can learn exactly what you need to know about Instagram. Now, to be totally transparent, you can learn everything you could ever want to know about Instagram in the Insta Club Hub. We literally answer every question ever about Instagram in the club, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to help you learn what you need to know. How does the algorithm actually work? How can you use Instagram to your advantage to start growing a following and start building your customer base from Instagram in less than an hour a day? We wanna help you save time and make money from Instagram. There's a link down in the show notes or you can just visit instaclubhub.com to finally start winning at Instagram by tomorrow. And then the next stage in this process pun very much intended, is speaking on actual stages, public speaking in front of live audiences. It's very thrilling. It's very exciting. I got to tell you, even to this day, I get fired up whether there's 100 people in the room or whether there's 7,000 people in the room. It's really, really exciting. It's engaging. It gives you a different level of dopamine and energy and satisfaction to get to see the faces of the people who you are networking with and to get to see the the live reactions of the people who are learning from you and listening to what you have to say. That's really powerful and it's exciting. But when getting started with speaking on in-person stages, just like getting started with virtual presentations, just like getting started with coaching other people, it's often beneficial and it's often most common to start at a relatively low rate or even to start for free, to essentially be trading your time, your expertise for the publicity that the event is going to provide. Before you get into one-on-one coaching, you're most likely going to be providing free coaching via your social media, via Instagram lives or Facebook posts or YouTube videos. Before you get into paid virtual group training, you might have to offer some free virtual group trainings or presentations or keynotes. Similarly, when you first get started with on-stage speaking, you might have to do some free presenting. And again, have to is a word that I probably shouldn't use here. You could be a little bit more stingy. You could be a little bit more selective and wait for the companies or organizations who are willing to pay you. But I'm going to be really honest with you. It's a lot faster and easier if you're willing to accept that when you're first getting started, they might not want to pay you that much, if at all. To be completely transparent here, for my first three years of keynote speaking, I wasn't paid a dollar for my speaking fees. Almost all of my presentations that I gave were pro bono, and most of them, I wasn't even paid for my traveling fees. I think a lot of them, it was just like, hey, you got to get here on your own dime, but we're giving you the opportunity to speak in front of X number of thousands of people and this many people watching online. And for someone who was 20 years old at the time and had a relatively medium-sized social media following, like I hadn't really blown up yet, 
That was worth it for me. That was worth it to help build my social circles, to help serve some new groups, some new organizations, to connect with some new people, and to just get my foot in the door or get my name in the hat, so to speak. So that a year later, when they were having their next virtual conference or they were hosting their next event, they were like, hmm, who should we go to for growing on Instagram? Hmm, who should we go to for storytelling on social media? Oh, well, hey, we had that Brock Johnson guy come and speak last year. What if we invited him back? And he did such a great job last year that maybe this year we'll pay him. Maybe this year we'll work it into our budget to have a speaker fee to actually pay him for his fees. Now that a year has passed and he has another 100,000 followers on Instagram, now he might be worth it to pay for his presentation or his keynote that he's going to deliver. And again, I just want to reiterate what I brought up earlier about delayed gratification. You are working today for getting paid tomorrow. You are putting in the effort, you are creating these relationships this year so that next year you can reap the benefits and the rewards. I think it's very important to know your worth and to value your time and your expertise But I think it's also important to keep perspective and know that there might be some other people in your industry or field who have been doing this for a lot longer than you and thus have earned the right, so to speak, to charge for their keynote or their public speaking. And maybe you're a new face on the block. And so in order to get a seat at the table and in order to get invited back, you got to do some work for a little bit cheaper than what you probably should be paid. And you know, to be totally honest with you, I don't think the presentations that I'm giving today are that much better, that much more valuable, or that much more educational than the ones I was giving five years ago. I still remember the second keynote speech that I ever gave because I think that that was the best keynote speech I've ever given. I scripted it out, the entire thing from start to finish. I wrote in jokes. I had storytelling. It was engaging. I still to this day think that that was my best keynote that I ever gave. But at the time, I had like 30,000 followers on Instagram. TikTok wasn't a thing yet. And my biggest claim to fame was growing a following on Snapchat that no one really knew exactly how big it was because Snapchat doesn't tell you exactly how many followers you have. And so I say that to hopefully encourage you that, hey, it's not a reflection of your value. How much someone is willing to pay you for your keynote speech or for your presentation isn't necessarily a reflection of how valuable it truly is, but rather how valuable they think it might be or how much they think you should be paid based off how many followers you have. I know it's very arbitrary. I know we can gripe about it, but that's just the reality of doing business and the reality of public speaking in today's day and age. You got to do a little bit of work for free in order to set yourself up for the paid gigs down the line. Speaking of those paid gigs, a great way to take your step from free to paid is to start asking for travel accommodations or hotel accommodations. That way you might not be necessarily paid directly a profit from your speaking, but at least you're not going to be losing money traveling to the event. At least your plane flight is going to be paid for and your hotel room is going to be taken care of. Before we go any further though, I want to come back to something that I briefly mentioned earlier and something that I think is absolutely key throughout this entire process, and that is over-delivering. 
I want you to provide so much flipping value that people walk away from these presentations with their minds blown. It means so much to me when people put a mind blown emoji in my DMs after one of my presentations or when someone comes up to me after I get off stage and they're like, dude, you just blew my mind. My hand hurts from taking so many notes. I took three pages of notes. That's the kind of value I want you to provide. I want you to knock people's socks off because I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of these conferences, a lot of these presentations, a lot of these keynote speeches that people watch are just fluffy nonsense. It's, hey, believe in yourself, you can do it. It's motivational speaking. And listen, there's a time and place for motivational speaking. And there are some amazing motivational speakers out there who are definitely worth every cent that they charge. But I also know that there are plenty of motivational speakers out there who aren't really giving you all that much value. Or there are even plenty of experts who are very knowledgeable in their field, but when it comes to their keynote and their presentation, it's not all that valuable. It's just kind of the basics. And so I don't want you to end up like those people. If you want to be invited back to events, if you want to be invited to more events, if you want to speak on more stages, if you want to become a world-renowned keynote speaker, then it should be your goal to over-deliver, to knock people's socks off, to absolutely blow people away with the value or the humor or the motivation or the education that you are providing. And of course, you don't have to provide all of those things, but the more of those things that you can provide, the better. And another huge part of that is not just blowing away the audience, not just, you know, making the people in the crowd ooh and awe and really appreciate what you've been delivering, but also making the event organizers or the corporations really glad that they hired you. How do you do that? Let me give you a real world, very minute, small example of how I recently did this in one of the events I was speaking at. I was in San Diego at the conference center and I was sitting backstage getting ready for my presentation. It was still about 45 minutes before I was supposed to go on stage and I was just listening to the person who was speaking before me. The person who was speaking before me was actually the CEO of the company and of course, someone whose voice had quite a bit of weight in terms of whether or not I was going to be invited back next year. So while that person was speaking, I was taking notes, trying to remember the exact words that she was saying. What phrases was she using? What was her emphasis on? What did she care about? And she kept bringing up this word maturity, that their business was maturing and that it was time for all everyone in the audience to start to mature as a business owner. And so I just started to work that word into my presentation. I started to emphasize the word maturity rather than growth. Rather than during my presentation saying the Instagram best practices aren't what they used to be. They've changed. I said, the strategies and best practices that help you grow on Instagram have matured. And that's because your followers have matured. And it's time for all of you as business owners on Instagram to mature and change and grow. And I'm going to help you do that. That's a really minor example, but on a bigger scale, it's important whenever you get asked to speak at an event to ask the organizers how you can over-deliver for them. What kind of message are they trying to get across? What is their overall theme for the weekend? A lot of these events or conferences or, or networking opportunities that you'll attend will have some sort of overarching theme or they'll have some you know mission statement for that year's event. And if you can 
keep that in mind while you're planning your presentation. If you can keep those phrases and terms at the front of your vocabulary when you're actually speaking on stage and you can, you know, massage those things into your presentation, the people who you are presenting for are going to appreciate that so much more. They're going to be like, wow, I feel like this person was perfect for our audience. I feel like this person wasn't just a guest presenter, but they're actually a part of our team. They're actually in our corporation. They're actually one of our business members. And also part of that, I got to say, is doing your research ahead of time. So if you get asked to speak at an insurance organization, you should read up on the insurance organization before you attend. What words should you not use? What topics should you avoid? What phrases should you emphasize? Is this one of those organizations where you can get up on stage and dance around and make a fool of yourself? Or should you dress super professionally and use the biggest SAT words that you possibly can? Still, of course, always be yourself, but you can tailor slightly different versions of yourself depending on which audience you're speaking to or what the organizer's goals are for the event. Another way that you can ensure that you're going to be invited back and ensure that you're going to be invited to more events in the future is don't be a flipping pill to work with. You know what I'm saying here? Don't be that person. Don't be the high maintenance person. Like I always think of that scene from the movie Elf where they call up the big wig author, right? And they call him on the phone and they're trying to get him to come to New York so he can pitch whatever book idea he has. And he says, I'll give you exactly four hours and I'll be landing at the airport at 6.02 p.m. And I would like a Cadillac Escalade S550 to be waiting for me at the airport with an interior temperature of 72 degrees. If it's not 72 degrees, I'm getting back on that flight and I am leaving or something like that. I don't know exactly what the line is, but you get the gist. You get the point. Don't be the prima donna. Don't be the drama queen. Don't be the person who everyone else is having to work around. Be flexible. When someone says, hey, are you available to speak on Saturday the 24th? Say, yes, I am. I'm actually available all day on the 24th. Let me know what time works best for you. Hey, we had a last minute cancellation. One of our other speakers missed their flight. Would you be willing to speak in the morning rather than the afternoon? Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Let me move things around in my schedule and make sure that I'm available to speak to your group at that time. Be the person who's easy to work with. Be the person who, unlike my mom, mom, I love you so much and you are an amazing public speaker and that's why you get invited to speak all over the world and I love you, but my mom has this terrible habit of changing her slides literally three seconds before she goes on stage. I don't think I've ever been to a keynote with my mom where she isn't working on her presentation and her keynote and her slideshow literally when she's backstage about to run up on stage. And so mom, I love you to death, but, and I think she would admit this too, that's not one of her strong suits. One of her weak points, one of the things she could improve upon with her public speaking is getting the slides turned in ahead of time and not making any sort of last minute adjustments. And so again, just to you know wrap up this part of the conversation, be easy to work with. Don't be a hassle, don't make people's lives harder. When you're at the event, be friendly. Be the person who isn't asking for a ton. Be the person who's going out of your way to network and build connections and meet people and ultimately just make everyone's life easier. Be a joy to work with. Oh, hey, Brock. It's your mother that you love so much. And actually, it is one of my strong suits. And do you know why? Because 
I am teaching social media 90% of the time. And I don't know if you know this, but like social media often changes every single day. And my slides are usually 99% complete. But because I am such a consummate professional, instead of like schmoozing and taking a bunch of selfies with the attendees, I actually take the time to review my slides and make certain that any changes that have happened in social media in the last 24 hours have been included in my slides. I mean, did you even mention in this episode who taught you everything you know about public speaking? So check yourself before you wreck yourself, Brock Johnson. And I love you very much too. All right, continue. All right, time to conclude this episode with what everyone has probably been asking and wondering since the start, which is how much should I charge? What should my rates be? Instead, I want to ask you the question, what feels fair to you? If someone said, hey, I'll pay you half a million dollars to speak for an hour, to my group. Well, of course, you'd probably take that. If they were like, hey, I'd pay you 50 cents to speak for an hour to my group, would you take that? Maybe not. And so I want you to find somewhere in between 50 cents and half a million dollars, like where is your marker? What is your rate that you feel is acceptable for you? Maybe it's $500. Maybe it's $100. Maybe it's $5,000. Here's one great tip, though, that I did receive from my dad a while back. He said, whatever the last event paid you, that's your new minimum. And I love that. So if an event pays me $1,000, my new minimum is 1000 So if the next event says, hey, what are your rates? I say, well, my rates are $1,000 an hour. And if that event is like, okay, well, in our speaking fee, we can actually pay you $1,400. Okay, well, then my new minimum is $1,400. And so that way you continue to grow, you continue to expand, and you can have exceptions. Maybe there's an event where you're going to get to speak in front of 100,000 people. And so you're like, you know what, for this one, I don't care what you pay me. For this one, I'll do it just for the exposure. I'll do it just to get to speak in front of that large of an audience. You can always be flexible. You can always change. But I just loved that little tidbit, that little tip from my dad of whatever the last event paid you, that's your new minimum. That's your new going rate. Because someone's already proven to you that that's what you're worth. Someone has already shown you that your keynote presentation or your speech is that valuable. And so other people have to be willing to match that. And if not, they have to be willing to lose you as a public speaker. Just like so much in life and in business and especially on social media, it's all about the connections. It's all about the relationships. It's all about the connections you can make, the value you can provide, the service that you can provide for other people. And it's less about what you know and it's more about who you know. So focus on the people. Over-deliver. Knock people's socks off. Be the one who's easy to work with, who's flexible. Be the person who everyone else is talking about when they go home from that conference or event. And finally, don't be afraid to put your name out there. Don't be afraid to throw your name in the hat, to ask people to advertise for yourself, to recommend that you would love to speak at their event or to train their organization or their group. I know public speaking can be scary, but it can also be wildly beneficial for you, your brand, and your business. And as always, happy networking. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. Build Your Tribe is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most every podcast app. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. Build Your Tribe is released every Tuesday and Thursdays. And for Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you're wondering what the heck is Shaleen doing? Well, you need to go find out and follow her and subscribe to her other podcast, The Shaleen Show. It's about living your best freaking life, improving all things physical, your mental health, like mindset, habits, relationships, nutrition, fitness, sleep, and so much more. It's amazing. If you would like more of Shaleen with more personal content, and you know what I mean by personal content, be sure to check out her Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. Links to everything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes. <laughs>